0: to the career chat room, where we focus on sharing advice on job searching and landing. I'm your host, Erin Sergi. Hey everyone, my name is Erin Sergi, and I'm a corporate HR professional with more than twenty years of experience, and it ranges from staffing to recruiting, talent development, general HR business partnering. But in my spare time, I take on college students and new grads as informal mentees. I share my knowledge about how to navigate successfully into professional life. I mainly focus on corporate careers. So what I recommend might not be as applicable to a clinical career path. I can't really give a lot of insight into how you prepare to go to medical school or how you think about um, getting a, a degree in law. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the academic or research specialist settings, but when it comes to corporate functions, um the different corporate functions that um, companies, big corporations have most commonly uh, across their their um, environment, things like marketing and finance and and communications and HR and even sales and and different, um, Corporate functions uh, and business functions. This is where I really can help to provide some insight into how to launch your career. And although I love connecting with people one-on-one, I find that many of the actions I recommend are consistently the same, regardless of the person's major or career interest. There's always going to be some unique aspects of someone's particular job search strategy, and and that actually keeps it exciting and fresh. But There are some steps that I've come to think of as the core steps for launching a career. And I share them with people over and over again. So whether you are a fashion merchandising major, a strategic communications major, you are interested in going into management consulting or finance or sales, pharmaceutical sales, whatever it might be. Um, Before you can even kind of focus in on that particular track, there are some basics, some core things that you need to tackle. And I kind of think about it as Career Launch 101. And in order to um, really kind of get those functions, those uh, those foundations actually um, built, um, I end up sharing those things first before we can even dig into the specifics of your career search. So in order to consolidate these steps, as I think of them, I grouped them into five actions. Um, and it was a challenge. It's, it's a lot to try and contain these all into five actions. But if you really focus on accomplishing these five actions, you're going to be ready to secure that essential first or second internship or your first real job after graduation. And having these foundations built is going to give you jumpstart or it's going to kind of turbo engine you into the um, really real meat of exploring these opportunities and finding something that is the right fit for you so the number one action that I really focus on when I'm talking to someone about getting their career their their job search started is to have your resume ready to go and when I when I say resume um, I am really specifically thinking of a one-page resume. Now, you want to have a resume that best highlights the most important aspects of you as a candidate and and as a person. But at this point in your career, it really has to be a one-pager. But it doesn't have to be a specific formula. There's no one right set of things to include in the resume. Like I said before, it needs to best highlight you as a candidate and as a person. So it could be a very basic resume template, one that doesn't include a lot of stylistic features or anything that is, you know, beyond kind of the the font and the indenting and bolding that you might see. Or you could go to Resume Genius or some other resume template site and check out some of their various resume templates available. Now, Resume Genius, for example, is a paid site. They want you to give them money to use their resume templates. But There there are also uh, free templates that are available on Resume Genius. I'm familiar with Resume Genius. I've actually pulled down free templates from that site. And then I've worked with those templates and kind of unlocked the formatting that they have in there to make it workable and be able to fit um, some resume content that I've gotten from some of the people that I've worked with into a resume format that I've gotten from Resume Genius. Now, people get very uptight about getting their resume perfect. And, and I really encourage you to think of your resume as dynamic. Um, but you want to get it to the point where you feel comfortable that it is market ready, even if it could still undergo some changes, you might be in this constantly dynamic updating mode and that's okay. Just don't let the fear of it, of it not being perfect, hold you back. Um, like I said before, it is essential that it's only one page. Um, at this stage of your career, you're going to lose, you're going to lose the attention perhaps of some of the recruiters that are looking for early career hires. If you have it be more than one page, it's going to kind of not be as impressive that you, you know, you couldn't kind of contain your experience on one page. So I think it's very essential. Um, But it also could be something that you experiment with a stylistic resume from Resume Genius or something simple. And you don't always have to think of it as having one resume only. You might have a resume that, that is catered towards a particular type of search, or you might have one that, that is, um, you know, your venture into something more stylistic. So have a resume that's most important. You can have more than one resume and you can have more than one style of resume. So sometimes what I find people are concerned about when they are trying to build their resume is they feel like they don't have enough experience. Like actual relevant related work experience to include on their resume. I would encourage you to include experiences that you may not think of as professionally related to what you're trying to pursue. You also don't have to only have it be paid experiences. What I've done is instead of calling it work experience on a resume, we've changed it to experience and include things like volunteer work or even a longer term project that you might have worked on in a class or as a, um, you know, as a special kind of summer, like a summer um, semester, I've seen people kind of take an intensive over a summer and they had a particular role in that, in that intensive and and they can put that on the resume um, as, as experience. So it doesn't have to be only paid or professional work experience. You want to try and craft two to three bullets for each experience. And really think about how you can articulate those to demonstrate the transferable skills that you gained. And almost any experience, whether it be volunteer, working as a cashier at a store, um, being the ticket taker at a movie theater, will give you transferable skills. A hostess at a restaurant, you can demonstrate being inclusive and empathetic and taking into consideration the concerns and needs of your customers. How do you articulate these transferable skills in that experience and show it on your resume? No more than two to three bullets is really necessary. So think about how you can extract those transferable skills from any of your work experience, any of your experiences, and and include that on your resume. I also really like calling out a short length of short list of strengths or skills or or even both and having that be a section on your resume. So if you are a marketing major or a strategic communications major for, in particular, you might have some Technical skills, Uh, maybe it's monitoring social media, maybe it's certain applications like Canva or Photoshop, and you may want to call those out separate from the bullets that you have in your experiences under your work experience. You might want to have a short list of skills that are the most important skills that you think people who are looking for someone to do the type of job that you're interested in might be interested in whether or not you know. So I think of those as skills. The other thing that I mentioned is strengths. And I think that this is a really interesting and impactful way for you to express yourself as a person and as a candidate um, and give a hint into the essence of who you are and what makes you special and unique. And someone shared with me um, a way to do that that I thought was really interesting and even kind of affirming and that is ask a few people that you work with whether it's someone you worked with at a part-time job or on a school project you can even ask your mom your your dad your roommates um, what are three words that they think of when they think of working with you collaborating with you partnering with you to get something done or just to engage and interact with you what are the words that they think of when they think of you? And it's kind of like a, a quick word association sort of exercise. Um, I've had people, um, you know, I've, I've recommended that people just send your friend a quick text. Say, "Hey, you know, I'm 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 looking to gather this feedback so I can can um, you know use it to help represent myself in my job search." What are three words that you think of when you think of me? And and have them send you a quick text back with those three words. First of all, it's very, like I said, affirming. Sometimes, um, you know, it just kind of gives you a good sense of, wow, you know, people really do think of me as X or as Y. Um, might be something that you actually didn't realize that people think of when they think of you. Wow, I didn't realize that they thought of me as accountable or they thought of me as um, flexible or, or, you know, a- adaptable or empathetic. Um, so getting those kind of adjectives will help you create a short list of, maybe a half dozen words that you can include on your resume in a section called strengths. And like I said before, it gives the recruiter, whoever's reading your resume, a sense of the kind of the essence of you. So you get to a point where you have your resume put together. um, Visually, you're, you're comfortable with it. You think it's market ready. One of the key things that I recommend people do then is if you are working in Word or I, 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 maybe it's um, Google Docs or some um, some other application, I always recommend that you get that resume locked into the one-page format and you turn it into a PDF and that you only send out your resume as a PDF. You do not know what application someone on the other end is going to open your resume as and things get kind of jumbled and shifted as it moves from one application to another and so I always recommend having it locked into a PDF I also recommend that you save your resume with a file name that says your name and the month and the year that you are f- saving it so many times I have people send me a resume that just the file name is resume, right? Because you think of it as it's your resume, my resume. Um, but when you're sending it out into the world, it's really helpful for the person on the other end to get the file name with your name. Because when they save it into their, their folder of candidates, um, it's just nice if they don't have to resave it with your name, it's already saved with your name. So all of that is just my action number one. So I mentioned that it's, it's a lot of different things that I've kind of grouped together into some categories and calling them an action. So the first action is making sure you have your one-page resume ready to go and that it best highlights the most important aspects of you as a candidate and a person. The second action that I want to call out is to make sure that you have LinkedIn and Handshake set up to work for you. Now, LinkedIn is the tool that I am most familiar with, and I'm going to focus more on that because that is the platform where the professional world outside of the campus and campus recruiting landscape lives and does their networking and their job search. But I've come to realize that you definitely need to have both because company recruiters and colleges are using Handshake to connect with students and connect them with opportunities. So it's not just... The, it's it's not just hand, um, LinkedIn that you need you also need handshake and you need both at the same time so while you're focused on your campus recruiting um, and the and the companies that are coming on campus and that are trying to reach you you need to have your handshake set up so that the companies can take a look and find you on campus at the same time you also need to have LinkedIn so it's not you know hey because you're on campus right now you only need to focus on handshake you need to also get get set up on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the one that you're probably going to mostly use almost exclusively post-graduation, but but in the near term, LinkedIn is the go-to for connecting with professionals working in your desired field. So Handshake, you're going to be able to connect with the campus recruiters that are representing their corporations on campus, but the people who are the professionals working in your field are not set up on Handshake. They're set up on LinkedIn. So get your linkedin profile set up so that you can start to use linkedin to connect with professionals in your desired field and those industries and functions that you're interested in and then start connecting with people and this is going to take you outside of your circle of your college peers and your 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 contemporaries that are in the same stage of their professional career as you are go ahead and connect with them yes but you're also going to start to want to connect with your friends' parents, your parents' friends, professors, the professionals that you're going to meet at campus career fairs. When you meet a professional that's been brought on campus by one of the campus recruiters, you're gonna wanna connect with them and connecting with them on LinkedIn is a great way to follow up, to learn more from them and, and that is where you are going to be able to also have these connections introduce you to other people and i've even heard um, from some college students that i've worked with that just like i get inquiries from recruiters or others through linkedin they've gotten some inquiries based on their profile from recruiters that's found their profile on linkedin and because they had a nicely built out profile it caught the attention of of a recruiter and they reached out to them proactively so it's a way to get that that um profile working for you so that you are not always having to take the proactive step. It's actually working for you in the background. So make sure that also you have your LinkedIn profile name on your resume in the contacts section. I'll talk a bit more about how you use that social media uh, presence and your, your network um, connections in action number three. So Action number three is about how to use your professional connections or that you must use your professional connections to help get your application visibility at the companies that you are going to apply to. This can make a difference between getting an interview and never hearing back. You have to invest some time and energy though into these connections before you actually need to ask them for help. Don't overlook the value of having a conversation with someone before you actually see a position at their company posted. Take the time to talk with the person who works in your target field or industry and ask them about their career path. People love to talk about themselves. And when others take an interest in their story, people love to talk about that. How they got to where they were, how they—sorry, how they got to where they are in their professional career—and you can learn so much along the way. You'd be surprised of the value that you can get out of that conversation. Some of the benefits include suggestions of other people to connect with. I actually would say that when you do have one of these exploratory conversations, these kind of career path conversations with someone in your field, do not get off the phone with them without asking them, "Who else should I be talking to?" Is there somebody else that you think would be really beneficial for me to make a connection with and to learn more from? And you'd be surprised how many, how easily people will say, you know, this person or that person, I was actually thinking that maybe I should connect you with this other person. And so prompt them to offer that information before you get off the phone with them. They are also someone that you can come back to then and ask them questions in the future. So as you are further along into your job search, you might circle back to them and ask them about what other companies should I be looking into or do they know someone at this company that I found a position um, at that I'm interested in or how should I even handle this interviewing process or this offer process? So having them really kind of starting to build that almost mentorship relationship with them is really helpful and and a benefit. And then what I think is the highest value that you get out of these conversations is because you spent the time to make that personal connection, to ask them about how they got to where they are, listen to their story. They now have a vested interest in you. You are someone that they now think of as part of their network and their circle of influence. And they are going to, to some level, maybe a higher level for some than others, advocate for you. So when you do ask them for help in getting your application visibility at that company that you just applied to, they are more likely to take their energy and direct it towards getting that done for you. They may also have you top of mind. So when something comes up or they hear of something at another company or from a friend, they are going to have you on their mind. And they may actually say, hey, you know what? I think I know someone who could be a good fit for that. Or, or you know, I know someone who's looking for an internship. And they may proactively take that step to suggest you to somebody else and then follow up with you and, and say, Hey, you know what? You should follow up with this, this person who I suggested you to. So, so it's that advocacy that you build and you do that even before you have an ask of that person in your network. I mentioned that this almost takes on the nature of mentorship and mentorship is a hot topic that I get asked about a lot. You know, How do I find a mentor? Or, or could you set me up with someone who could be a mentor for me? And what I always advise people is that building out your network is your way of creating a community of mentorship. You may have different types of mentorship needs throughout your career, even at this stage, at different points in your, your job search. Um, and having a of people in your network that you can reach out to in this nature of mentorship is really helpful. Mentorship, by definition, is a mentor is someone who shares their experiences so that you can learn from them. But it might take on, like I said before, that advocacy nature or as a teacher or as a connector. Um, So mentorship can take on some different sort of flavors, but you don't have to have just one mentor you could have multiple mentors. You could have a mentor that is really useful for you at this particular time in your career. And then maybe that shifts later on and you have someone else as your mentor. So I like to think of a network as a base of mentorship. And I do have a friend who um, has a coaching practice called Morning Tea. And she has put together a Facebook group for mentorship to connect early career professionals with mentors in their field. And so I will provide that as a link uh, where I post this, this session. Action number four. This is really important. Go after a lot of opportunities. Keep an open mind on the location of those opportunities. React quickly to get those opportunities, get those applications in for your opportunities and then also be your own project manager to keep track of what you're doing. So this is a big one, this, this is a big action. There's a lot rolled into it, but it's about getting those applications in, going after the opportunities and doing it quickly and keeping track of what you've done. So that last piece, keeping track, I find this to be very, very powerful. I suggest creating an Excel file and managing your efforts with the tracking list. When you see a posting and you apply for it, keep a note of that posting, put it in the Excel file, note the name of the company, the job title, the location, when you applied, and then you'll be able to update it with whether or not you got a resume, or sorry, got an interview, got a response back. And most importantly, what I want you to also always track is the requisition number of the posting that you applied for. This is a unique identifier that is assigned to each position that's posted at a company. It is the way that someone within the company can actually find that particular position that you've applied for easily and quickly. And so if there's someone that you can reach out to at the company, this number is going to be key to make it easiest for them to help you. It will allow them to find the position on their internal site lots of times Their view inside the company will give them insight into who the hiring manager is, who the recruiter is, and they'll be able to do it in a minimal amount of time. If you just give them the title or you say, hey, I applied to an internship at your company, it was a a marketing internship, it may take them a few extra steps to be able to figure out which posting it is, especially if you're applying at a really large company. And you want to try and make it as easy as possible for someone to help you. Keep track of who your connection is at the company that you apply for. So when you make that connection, make a a note of that. You want to be able to follow up with that person with hopefully good news and gratitude one way or the other, whether it's a positive uh, outcome or or negative. You still want to be grateful for the assistance that they gave you. An added benefit of tracking what you're doing is that you're gonna be able to quantify your efforts. This is super motivating and satisfying. So when your parents ask you, how your job search going? And you say they, they wanna know, like I don't, are, are you actually taking action? What sort of activity? How much effort are you putting into it? If you've been tracking the applications that you've put in, you're going to be able to quantify with real statistics. You'll be able to tell them the number of positions you applied to, the number of interviews you've gotten, how many rejections you've gotten, um, whether or not you've been you know, making connections. Maybe you keep track of those exploratory interviews um, and conversations you're having as well. It's going to be really useful for you to be able to answer those questions and also feel good about the progress that you've made or be able to assess yourself against the progress that you're hoping to make. So. Perhaps you have a week or two where you really didn't put forward very many applications and your goal is to have five applications that you submit each week and you're not on pace for that. Maybe you have to up your game a little bit in in a coming week based on what activity that you can see in your tracking sheet. So this is a really helpful thing to do And, and and I also encourage you... I mentioned to keep an open mind on location. So I often run into people who have decided to focus in their job search on perhaps a lo- the location where they have grown, grown up, where their school is, where their boyfriend is or girlfriend, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, and I, what I would say is, is that I always try and encourage people to let go of location at least in your initial job search because you just don't know what the universe is going to send your way. Focus more on what the type of opportunity is and you may have a really strong focus and in the type of opportunity that you're going for, but I would say also keep an open mind and look broadly at different opportunities that you can find and read those job descriptions that might catch your eye. See what sort of responsibilities or qualifications are asking for and note whether there's some keywords that the description uses that you might be able to use to help you in your job search and help you identify more opportunities to apply for. I always advise people to apply first and think about it later. And that might go against some people's kind of natural inclination where they're they like to reflect on something before they take action. But what it, when it comes to applications and job postings, I really think that the better strategy is to go ahead and get your name, your application in, and then take the time to think about whether or not this is something you really want to pursue if they call you up for an interview or you get further down the interview process. You do not get 100% of the jobs that you do not apply for. And Companies do not keep positions open forever. So that job that you saw that looked really cool that you're not sure if you want to apply for it or not, you saw that on on Tuesday, you go back to look for it and apply for it on Thursday and it is no longer open. They may not have hired someone for that position yet, but they've shut down the requisition because they got a lot of interest. They had plenty of candidates in the in the uh, posting. It is not going to be easy to have that position be opened again, even if you make a connection at the company and they try to you know, get you into consideration because the position hasn't been filled yet, if they've already taken down the posting, there's really not an easy path towards opening that up again um, or not a, a lot of incentive for some, a company to open that up again for a candidate that they haven't even really gotten to know yet. So apply first and think about it later. The um, action number five that I want to focus you in on is one that I think I've hinted at a little bit in regards to how you think about um, which positions you really invest a lot of time in. And, And that is to get focused about your values and crystal clear about what's most important to you. So once you have your foundation built, you have your resume ready to go, your professional social media sites and profiles are established and and you've gotten uh, some momentum going with a good amount of applications and connections in play, then you might wanna take some time to really reflect on and get clear on what you stand for and what's most important to you. I think that being too selective early in the process can keep you from building some good momentum, but once you've started to move things forward, then it's important to make sure you're driving in the direction that you believe will make you happy. You might need to have that first internship experience or even the second. You might need to live in a new location or explore an industry that you never would have thought that you were open to before. But while you're gaining this experience, you're learning more about yourself and what's important. And you might be able to do that a little bit even before you take on an internship experience or go to your first real job. There are some resources. Again, I'm going to mention Morning Tea Coaching has developed some resources to help you really think about your values and focus in on what's important to you. And the more you can align your values with the, the positions that you are pursuing and going after, the happier you're going to be and satisfied in that the that, that experience build that you're doing. What I will say, though, is even when you start to kind of get that clarity around what's most important to you and where you want to focus, I would still accept and go through with interviews when you are called for an interview. So even if you think to yourself, well, okay, I applied for this job kind of early in, the, in my process and now I've really gotten focused in on you know, a certain industry or a certain experience that I'm going for. When you get an offer to interview somewhere, take it. It is practice so i actually practice yoga and i'm going to equate it a little bit to that it's it's practice you get better with each time you actually practice in yoga same thing with interviewing so you use it as practice interviewing can be very stressful and nerve-wracking and you can get anxiety thinking about going through interviewing unless you have practice in it and so use any interview requests you get as a chance to practice don't turn down an interview just because you think you might not be interested in that opportunity first of all the more you can learn about the opportunity the more you might shift your perspective about that opportunity it might actually end up being something that you want to consider and also even if you decide that it's not a path you want to take you you get better at interviewing each time you do it also having an experience, especially if you're earlier in your college career, let's say that you're a freshman or you're a sophomore and you're trying to go for a summer internship between your freshman and sophomore or sophomore and junior year, um, just getting some experience, even if it's not the perfect internship that aligns with your longer term career goals, having any experience is useful. And there are going to be companies that don't even consider, uh, hiring an intern that is earlier in their college career they're going to be companies that really focus on hiring someone who's a, a rising senior so that they can make them a full-time offer at the end of the internship so don't be as selective about the type of internship you're getting when you're earlier in your in your uh, college career just take internship experience to learn as much as you can from that experience and and I will, also point out that having had an internship between those earlier summers will make you a stronger candidate for your internship that that you absolutely have to have between your junior and senior year. Lots of times those companies that are looking for someone who can be an intern as a rising senior, they're giving preference to someone who's had prior internship experience because they know that they've gotten the professional experience of Dealing with being in a corporate environment, perhaps working virtually, um, operating on WebEx for um, meetings and and really just having that that base of experience. You're going to use those experiences again, to understand more about what excites you in a different in a, in a work environment, what you really love to do and and that's going to help you really in your career launch so I know that i indicated that these were kind of five key actions and and it's a lot there's a lot baked into each of them um, things to know and do for each of these actions i i think it's it's almost too much to contain into five actions um, I'm gonna review those one more time, just to reinforce what they are because you may have um, lost track of what the five actions were because I give you so much in each of them. So number one is to have your one page resume, market ready, ready to go. Number two is to establish your professional social media profiles, both on LinkedIn and Handshake. You need both. You want to build those professional connections so that you can ask them for specific assistance in the future and leverage that whole network as a mentorship community you want to go after lots of opportunities that's action number four and as you're going after those opportunities keep an open mind on locations react quickly get those applications in as soon as you see them and keep track of the applications that you're submitting and then number five is getting focused on your values and being crystal clear about what's most important to you. So these five actions can really form a strong foundation for you to take the steps forward to launch your professional career. I thank you for listening today and I hope that you use these steps to get a successful launch to your career.